the Attuned to You podcast. I am Ash Marshall Adele, spiritual teacher and mentor, healer, intuitive, medium, empath, Reiki master and teacher, light worker, meditation facilitator, meditative artist, crystal therapist, master's degree teacher, and author of the book, Lightbound, A Healer's Journey Through Trauma, CPTSD, and Anxiety. The Attuned to You podcast is where we delve into the intersection of energy, matter, and the infinite possibilities of you. And here we connect, learn, and grow through stories, skills, and tools that help you turn more deeply into yourself for developing more ease, clarity, capability, and insight. Balance. People talk about it all the time. Work-life balance, homeostatic balance, balanced diet, hormonal balance. Balance is figuring out what your even keel is in many ways to include how you feel, think, act, and function that is optimal to you. A balance to yourself and your life is hard to figure out because it means really taking a very frank look at yourself and all that you do. Balance also changes with life. Hello, motherhood, menopause, moving, work projects, time changes, seasonal changes. These changes challenge us every time in ways big or small to adapt, to understand ourselves differently and to adjust not only our actions, but so many other things too. Consider all the factors in your life, like a series of Kinsey scales. The Kinsey scale is a visual representation of a spectrum between two opposites, like the diagram in the doctor's office with the horizontal line and series of tick marks that denote your level of pain, from happy, relaxed, pain-free, to extreme distress and agony. The Kinsey scale represents the dynamic between two opposites, such as full and empty, ecstatic and depressed, overgiving and selfishness, love and hate, or overwhelmed and underwhelmed. We often think in terms of these polar opposites, located at the very ends of the scale, the two extremes. But usually, we fall somewhere in between. The hard part is realizing where that is that best supports us in any given situation. How much is too much? How much is not enough? How much is just right? If you were to draw lines between the many opposites in existence and arrange them so that they all intersected with you at the center, you would have points all over the place. If you could see yourself standing in the center of all that you balance and keep trying to balance, you would see the tensional awareness of all that you hold within you. The term optimum balance has been used to describe perfect balance. However, finding and maintaining it is downright difficult, if not impossible at times. I have seen some excellent pictures of balance scales thrown right out the window. With all the changes that life throws at us, throwing the scales out the window sometimes sounds like a fine idea. However, the consequences that usually follow are unfun. Of course, trying to find balance can also be unfun. Balance is ever-changing. I still struggle to find balance at times. In fact, for a number of years, my life was like the video game Frogger, trying to hop across the road from New York traffic during rush hour, no crosswalks anywhere. I more often than not ended up flattened. 
I didn't even know what I was searching for on the other side of the road, only that the side I was on wasn't where I wanted to be. I kept jumping onto cars instead of over them, thinking this car or that one was going to take me across the road. I hitched rides on the teacher truck, the artist bus, the mom minivan, the volunteer dump truck, the project manager ambulance, the business analyst station wagon, and the research assistant bike. Each one had its good points. The excitement of a brand new vehicle with its shiny paint job, new car smell, dependable tires, powerful engine, audio system, and the carpool with new people. I tried with all my little Fogger heart to stay on my ride, but none of these transports ever quite crossed the road for me, and I invariably slid off, jumped off, or fell off. I was dissatisfied, searching, annoyed, tired, and a bit lost. I seriously couldn't figure out what to do with my life, but I kept jumping at chances like I was taught to do. Say yes to every opportunity, evaluate, list the criteria, list the pros and cons, complete a cost-benefit analysis, blah, blah, blah. The one thing that I hadn't really paid attention to in regards to major decisions was how I actually felt about them. You know, instinct, intuition, body cues. Instead, I said yes to so many things that weren't right for me and invited so many people into my life that were not the right people for me. I became involved with jobs, projects, and others' agendas that didn't mesh well with me and eventually began to make me physically sick from the stress, as in dropping so much weight, my shorts literally slipped off my hips in front of a stage full of people. Don't worry, I caught the shorts before they fell too far. Of course, several people saw the glorious view of my nylon-covered butt and pointedly told me to eat. The weight-losing, stress-inducing volunteer gig really hit me hard. I said yes to every single project. Summer plays, set design, build, coordination, mother. Summer art camps, creator, organizing, coordinator, teacher, and board president, agenda measurer. Emails, texts, phone calls, talking, negotiating, nagging, begging, all these people was so not my favorite thing to do. Plus working five to eight hours a day for free while still being a full-time mom was exhausting. When I quit all of the volunteer things in one fell swoop, they actually called it pulling in Ashley. I couldn't summon enough energy to even care. I was just so relieved that the crushing weight was gone. Of course, being the perfectionist that I am, I decided to repeat the stress me out pattern just to make sure I had it right, hiring on for a job which had about 10 jobs rolled into one. I became completely stressed out, underpaid, resentful, blaming, and lost. I lost myself, lost sight of my own goals, joys, wants, needs, and desires. I said yes to more and more and even pushed for more and more until it got to the point that I actually dreaded, as in sick stomach, my phone ringing, or the text message, stomach drop, or the email ping, really truly wanting to just run away or heave the computer out the window. I sincerely think scrubbing out toilets with my toothbrush sounded more appealing than my job near the end. Don't get me wrong. My employer was a really nice person, but the job was an ambulance careening from one emergency to the next with sirens blazing and lights constantly on. It was really, truly, terribly stressful, and I chose pretty poorly pretty often. Spending my whole life trying to 
logically force my way into a decision wasn't really working. The body pains and all of those cues certainly made themselves felt. Stress, heart palpitations, sleeplessness, worry, anxiety, and depression. When I started saying no to things that didn't feel good and saying more yeses to things that did, I experienced serious body relief. Learning to say no to others helped me understand the world wouldn't end, people would like me or not, and I would still be okay. Exploring what I truly did like and listening to what made me feel good, satisfied, and happy, I began to arrow in on how to incorporate those feel-good-in-my-center parts into my life. I tapped into my body feels to guide me and mesh together all the good things that I liked into a life that is more balanced and fulfilling listening to my feelings, intuition about me, and what helped me discover balance led to a greater connection to me and to better and better decisions that included healthier boundaries. Paying attention to those feelings that I had been ignoring, I began trying to sort out what my gut had been trying to tell me all along. What did those feelings in my core tell me? Tight gut? Sick gut? Disgusted gut? Happy gut? Excited gut? relaxed gut. We aren't really taught to listen to that. And I was quite curious at that time. And I stumbled across a quote from Plato. Human behavior flows from three main sources, desire, emotion, and knowledge. How do we derive satisfactory conclusions and balance based on a set of facts in our life? Because there's a lot going on in life. We have a lot to do, and not always a lot of time to get it done in. However, applying knowledge is a little bit different though when it comes to life. As in, logic isn't always the best way to arrive at a conclusion. However, in our culture, logic seems most often valued over that of emotion and the physical body. Desire seems to often take second place, and emotional reactions take a distant third or even no place in decision-making. Family and social expectations, others' perceptions about our choices and logic above intuition, emotional reactions, and body cues feature prominently in decisions. Logic is taught and reinforced, while feelings, which include body cues and emotions are ignored. However, intuition and body feelings give us so much more information. Our choices made purely based on logic or the shoulds and supposed to forget that we are also beings of emotions, physical requirements, and intuition. Our thoughts and feelings are intimately tied together. Thoughts evoke emotions, emotions evoke thoughts, and we feel these emotions in our bodies. Living in our heads so often and continuously thinking things through, we forget to check in with our bodies. Our body feelings are amazing deciders of good and bad choices. Also, gut reactions provide additional information about our options. Listening to our bodies more and more and discovering the way our bodies communicate with us and tuning into that still place inside ourselves allows us to make decisions that resonate with us more often. You could consider how does a person, place, thing, situation feel. When I tune into this person, place, thing, 
Does my throat or my core tighten? Does my chest feel compressed or like I can't take a deep or relaxed breath? Does my stomach drop? Do I get sick to my stomach? Do my legs and feet want to step back or not move? Do I find myself struggling to find words? Do I feel a hesitation in speaking, a tensing in my jaw, a tightening of my shoulders? When I get a yes to any of those questions, I don't write it off. More often than not, those not so good feelings about someone or something have proven out. Paying attention to the body, feeling grounded and centered and feeling the body wanting to move towards a person, situation, place or thing have resulted in wonderful outcomes and decisions that do resonate. You can experiment with your own body cues. What does your body communicate with you when it's decision time? This type of awareness is also a form of balance, and perhaps you could consider including them in your decision making. So what is the balance between too much, not enough, and just right? Goldilocks certainly gives us some clues. Try things out. Play around with your life and your choices. Tune into your body and your intuition. For instance, if you have a very busy weekend, you could consider making the next weekend less busy, fewer activities, or vice versa. Maybe say no to some things, which can be very hard, and take time just for yourself, even if it's only for 15 minutes a day or a few hours a week on a weekend. And when I say taking that time, it's just for you. That means not racing around doing chores, paying bills, etc., but literally doing a nurturing activity. It can truly benefit not only you, but your partner and your kids because balancing your needs helps you to be better, better partner and a better parent. Just feel better. Planning these times and activities can be an opening into a far more satisfying life with a fuller cup that allows you to do from a place of fullness rather than running on fumes. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. Therefore, replenishing yourself allows you to be in balance and thus to do and give more healthily. And seriously, relaxed fun that has no purpose other than fun itself brings so many rewards. Not only does it help the body and brain relax, creative endeavors actually make us more effective problem solvers. Remembering how to just let go and play with some joy and wonder may take some time, but it is phenomenal what a difference it can make. All those times in your childhood when you were totally involved with what you're doing and really enjoying yourself. Remembering how to be that way can be a lot of fun. And of course, letting go and not worrying about the outcome, just the sheer pleasure of making, doing, and creating, whatever it may be, fills the cup up. Not only that, the enjoyment of planning is its own pleasure. Scheduling you time is huge. It's something to look forward to each week. For many of us, having the time to do things is hard. So combining activities can really help balance out the time elephant. If you work full time, perhaps consider taking those allotted morning and afternoon breaks to walk, stretch, melt your hands or feet, 
chat with a friend, grab some water or a snack, play a few hands of solitaire on your computer, read some funny cartoons or whatever strikes your fancy. These breaks and different activities use different parts of your brain, which truly helps you to not only feel better, but also to be more effective. Balancing critical thinking and concentration with physical movement and less mentally demanding tasks brings more ease. You can cycle through different things and see what helps you to feel better. Make it a game. Play isn't time wasted. Treasuring and honoring your body and yourself is incredibly beneficial. You are so worth it. And you deserve it. It may require a little creative compromise. For instance, giving up Starbucks coffee several times a week to buy some supplies to create, to pay for an event you may like to attend, or to pay for a babysitter for an hour or two if you have kids for some grown-up only time. Maybe you trade off with a spouse, a friend, or a family member for babysitting if you have a child. Take a trip through the woods, down a river, to the beach, the mountain, or the desert, and look for things that you like, such as rocks, pine cones, flowers, interesting leaves. Take photos, maybe print and hang them. Perhaps bring home a found object and create an interesting display. Set up a weekly or monthly fun friends day or night, or a date day with a significant other. Balancing what's essential or valuable and what isn't can also help you make and have available time and funds to try new things. And trying things doesn't have to be expensive or even cost any money at all. You also may wish to consider finding out more about yourself to help you move into more inner balance, such as knowing your Enneagram type. Are you the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist? the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, or the peacemaker? What's your personality type? Knowing your personality type and what you're more predisposed towards is helpful. The Riso Hudson Enneagram Test and Book provides a lot of information that goes beyond the Myers-Briggs assessment of introvert-extrovert, sensing-intuitive, thinking-feeling, and judging-perceiving. The book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, gives you the good and the bad, and lots of ways to help you grow into more balance mentally, emotionally, and behaviorally. The book offers strategies, writing prompts, and information on creating more ease within. Understanding how you are in the world and what helps you to feel good brings balance and enjoyment. What excites you? What motivates you? What gets you down? What exhausts you? When you start really noticing these things and paying attention to them, you can set some limits on the exhausting things and add more self-care, self-nurturing, and exciting things to help create more balance in your life. Tuning into you and attuning to your own cues as you make changes is invaluable. You are learning you and what your personal levels of balance are, too much, too little, or just right. Of course, one of the most important parts is doing things with no expectations about what will happen or what the outcome may be. When we don't build things up in our minds or have expectations to how something will go, we allow for more enjoyment or to be pleasantly surprised. Plus, all these experiences are memories. Hoard the good memories. 
and future events help you move through times and situations that are challenging in the now because you have something to look forward to doing later. Balance is a function of so many different things. Play isn't just for kids. Play around with your life and your choices because fun makes learning and life better. Learning your balance in different areas and paying attention to not only the logical mind, but your emotions, your body cues, and your intuition can truly help you find a more balanced life. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for joining me. You can find the link to the Riso Hudson Enneagram Test and Book in the description. If you would like to learn more about me and what I do, please check out Sacred Journeys with Ash. My website link is also in the description.